0: <laughs> All right, here, we're beginning at the bottom of Ayin Elephant Bet uh, The Gemara is a little bit difficult. I'm going to follow the Shita of Rashi through the Gemara. I'll try to point out where Tosafot has some differences, although I'm not going to really go into depth into Tosafot's Shita, just because to keep it simple enough to follow through the Gemara. So the first statement is Amar The Hashem lo According to the one who says that an Hashem Vadai does not require yidi'ah in order to bring it, Baal chameish b'ilot harufa, enu He has five b'ilot. With a shiva harufa, he only has to bring one korban. So that's, there are a number of things that you need to know in order to understand this statement. The first one is about ashamot. There are certain types of averot that require, instead of a chatat, they require an asham. Three of those involve averah, which is asham me'ilot, that is someone who misappropriates hepte, she has to bring an asham me'ilah. There's a sham gzelot, which is someone who took a shvua about money that was stolen, taken inappropriately from another person, and he takes a shvua denying it. And then you have a sham shifah Sham shifah is actually a machloket, exactly what it is. We'll go with the more standard approach, which is, this is a, a person who is a half shivcha knanit, half mishuchreret, that's married, I'm sorry, it's a shivcha knanit. That is engaged, or as was with an evidivri, but an evidivri who is half free. He's half ben chorin, and half an evidivri, and he gets engaged to a shifra kinanit. That is called a shifra harufa. The punishment for shifra harufa is that the woman gets malkot, the man has to bring a korban, the korban is an asham shifra harufa. That asham is brought, it's unusual, to brought both bishogeg and bemezid. Doesn't matter if it was done By accident, through a forgetting, or intentionally, the punishment is still a korban by shivcha charufa. Then, there's an additional kind of asham, which is called an asham talui. An asham talui, even though it's somewhat misnamed, has nothing to do with the other ashamot, except for the fact that it comes from the same animal, that it's an ayel zakhar. But the asham talui is brought in general, according to most, for a sefeik by a chatat. So for instance, in a case where a person has a doubt about whether they have really violated an Aveirah that they have to bring a chatat for. So that in the interim, they don't know what to do. They bring an asham Talui. As I said, Talui, it hangs on. It keeps them protected until the time they figure out whether they did or did not bring, need to bring a Korban chatat. If they figure out they did do the Aveirah, they'll have to bring a Korban chatat. If they didn't do the Aveirah, then the asham Talui is brought Allah hasafet That's the nature of the Korban. It's brought when you have a doubt as to whether you violated an isur that has a chiyuv bi b'mezid and a chiyuv chatat And Again, in the mesechet uh, Kretot, other places, there's a machloket about what exactly has to be the setup, but most believe that the setup has to be a case where you have a choice between two items, for instance. You have shuman and chilev sitting in front of you, two pieces of fat. One of them is isur. one of them is heter. You went ahead and you ate one of them. You don't know which one you ate from. So in that case, if you knew you ate chilev, you'd have to bring a chatat. Here you don't know which one you ate, therefore you bring an asham Talui until you figure out whether you did eat the chilev or did not eat the chilev. If you do figure out later that you ate the chilev, you have to bring a chatat. It is mentioned in Chulin as well. It's mentioned in a number of places. And uh, if if you don't have anything, if you figure out later on you don't have an Ebedro, then that's it. It ends there with the asham Talui. The asham Talui is what they call toleh. It protects you until you can figure out whether you did the avera or not. All right, so that's the backer Asham talui, the and these are the other ashamot. Now, beyond that, what happens here? There's a machloket between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon with regards to an asham. What happens if you have an Asafek with regards to whether you have to bring an asham or not? We said that an asham talui takes care of a situation where you have a safek about a chatat, something where a live in Shuma and shuman, you have a safek there. What happens if you have a safek in one of the ashamot, whether you have to bring an asham or not? Can you bring an asham talui in order to take care of the safek asham? Is there such a concept by ashamot? So then, machloket Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon, and this is the way the machloket goes. Rabbi Akiva believes that your are sefaik asham talui. That when you have a safek in an asham, you bring an asham talui. So, for instance, in a case where you have a safek about whether you were moel or not moel, in the interim, you'll bring an asham taluy until you figure out whether you actually did mi'ilah, whether you misappropriated hegdesh or not. When you figure out that you did misappropriate hegdesh, you'll bring the asham mi'ilot. But in the interim, you bring an asham taluy just like you would do, do that by a korban khatat. Because, the problem being, that you cannot bring the regular asham, because the regular Hashem requires you to know or have knowledge of the Averam. Just like by a Khatat, you can't bring a Korban Khatat until you know that you've done something wrong. Once you know you've done something wrong, then you can bring the Korban Khatat. If you don't know you've done something wrong, you can't bring a Korban Khatat. That's what the Hashem Talui is made for, in a situation where you just don't know, or you have a safek. But until you have a Yediyah, that you did something wrong, you may not bring a khatat. But believes that the same is true by an Asham. You will not bring an Asham until you know for certain that you did the Aveirah. Therefore, when you're in a situation where you don't know whether you violated the Isur or the Lav that generates the Asham, you're going to bring a Hashem Talui until you figure it out. And then if you figure... Oh, so that's the question. The says it's Tollah. It protects you. It gives you protection if you really did sin then you're exposed to the possibility of being punished in the interim. So what the Hashem dalu'e does is protects you in the interim from the punishment that would otherwise come. That's exactly what it is. It protects, but it doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't give you full cup ra, Doesn't. It's not mitzahir you. It doesn't bring you to the point where everything is fine. It just protects you in the interim until you figure out whether you have to bring the Asham Vada here or the khatat in the situation of the khatat. That's the position of Rabbi Akiva. On the other hand, there will be Why bother? He says, listen, by a khatat, we have a problem. By a khatat, a khatat comes from a behiman keva, comes from a female animal, whereas a asham talui comes from a male animal. So there's nothing you can do. You have to bring the asham talui in order to protect you in the interim, and that won't cover you for the khatat. But in this situation, I actually have an interesting an interesting case because. Both of them require a male, Ayel zakhar, to be brought. Both the asham talui, and say for instance the asham both require the same korban to be brought. So what I could do is, I can bring the korban out tonight, on a condition. I bring this animal and say, listen, if I am chayav a korban asham, this will be my asham. If I'm not chayav a korban asham, this will be an asham talui. And in the meantime, because you can bring, that's again a nesham dava, that's a in the Gemarot in Milot, Kraytot mentioned whether you can bring it bin dava. But the assumption is that you can bring an asham taloi bin dava as a voluntary offering. So he just makes a condition. He says, listen, I don't know what I did. I don't know if I did something wrong or not. If I did do it wrong, this is my asham and I'm covered. If I didn't do something wrong, it's an asham taloi. And you can bring an asham taloi even though you haven't sinned. Or even though you don't have a suffix of a sin. And that is the solution of Rabbi Tarfon. But what you see from Rabbi Tarfon is... lo He doesn't require you to know that you've sinned before you bring the Korban. He's allowing you to bring your Hashem on condition that if I did sin, this will cover it. Do you acknowledge that you've sinned? No. You don't have that information. You don't have that information until you become aware of the fact. So retroactively, that will assume that this Hashem was your Hashem. But what Rabbi Tarfon clearly is indicating is that you do not have to have knowledge of your sin... In order to bring the Asham, as opposed to Rabbi Akiva, who says, "No, you have to bring the Asham to Lui. Wait until you have knowledge of the sin, and then you can bring the Asham Vada'i. So that's the difference between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Tarfon. So, the so folk has issues with this because it's not so clear that Rabbi Akiva's position is totally this way, or Rabbi Tarfon's position is totally this way. Again, okay, I'm not going to address. It. I just want you to know that there are problems in this setup. But that's the basics. So now the Gemara pr- proposes based on Ula. Lamanda Amar. According to one who says you don't need Yidia in order to bring an asham, that is Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Tarfon, and Rabbi Akiva in some instances, but that's the position of Rabbi Tarfon. So now you don't require yidiah Then ba'al chamesh B'ilot pesivcha rufa. He has bia with the pesivcha Each one of those is an isur, a separate isur. He's only going to have to be bring one korban to cover all five violations. Because, as Rashi says, Bishugay. and he finds out between each bila that he's done something wrong, he has to only bring one. But, the, oh, so, oh, very good. So that's the question you can ask right away. Wait, this is very different than what we saw before. By the Chataot, we said there that all the yadiyah of heaven afterwards, that if there was a yadiyah between each Avera, that would break the Halem, the forgetting, and each one would be a separate Avera. And over here, I'm suggesting that the idea in between has no impact. Why is that? If you want to make the cases parallel to what we've seen in the past with the khatat, then if you had a idea in between each Korban, then it shouldn't it shouldn't work at all. So now, Tosafot explains, So now, Tosafot explains, <laughs> They're not comparable. Rashi says this later on as well. The only thing that matters is the shkaga. The forgetting. The mistake. Therefore, you diot mechalkot shkagot. Every time you remember that you did something wrong, you've terminated that shkaga, and now you start a new mistake or forgetting. adiyah Remember that by Shiva harufa, it's irrelevant. Whether you're Shogeg or Mezid, you're going to bring a Korban. So it's clear here that the mistake or the Shigigah, the forgetting, is not what generates the Korban. The Korban is generated whether you do it intentionally or unintentionally. So Yiddiah has no impact in terms of being Michalik, into separate isurim. So therefore, even though by khatat it will impact, because by Khatat you only bring it on a Shogeg, you don't bring it by Meizid therefore Yediot have impact, because each Kaga brings, or um, causes a Chiyuv a Korban, and therefore Yediot will be Mechalkot, over here that's not true, because even Mezid would be Chayev Korban, therefore Yedia is not going to have impact. What you see is that Rabbi Tarfon, who believes that Yedia has no impact by Yasham, because you don't have to know about the Avera beforehand, therefore we're now going to take that, extrapolate that, and say, therefore between the Be'ilot of Shiva Charufa. If he has the Adiyah, it has no impact. And ainu Chayav el achat. You only have to bring one Korban Hashem, even though you had multiple violations over here. You can cover multiple violations with one Korban Hashem. Does not have to be like all five No. No, you can have a Adiyah and That's what Rashi says. You can have a Adiyah in between. And nevertheless, they're considered to be one of E'ra, to be covered do you, by, do by do the Korban. Right. By any other. By the way, it depends what. Depends which of area you're speaking <laughs> of. Correct. According to the one who says you don't require Yidiyah to know, to bring the Korban. Here, the rabbi for Shita is that Yiddiyah has no impact by Shifa Karufa because you don't even need Yiddiyah to bring an Hashem. Hashem does not require Yiddiyah to be brought. Therefore, Yiddiyah has no impact. Could be a okay, case of mezid, but by Meizid it's not as big a Kiddush because there's an explicit Mishnah that says that, you, for Mezid, you can bring one korban, ala virot harbe. So that we know already, from a Mishnah here, they're trying to address, the issue of Shogeg. Shogeg and Yediyah, which is going to make it different, than we have by Khatat. We have an explicit Mishnah, by Mezid, that says that, you bring one korban, or multiple violations. That's true in Shubh Karufa, in general, by Mezid. So that's the way Rashi learns, Tosafot has, a slightly different way, to learn the Gemara here, about exactly what the statement, of Ula is. But, Generally they're in the same position, which is that you diot are just not gonna make a difference over here. Matifarabum <speaking in Hebrew> el that's the case, <speaking in> Baal <Hebrew> Vihrish. This is not <speaking in> Bhazar <Hebrew> Bal is eliminated from the Girsa. <speaking in> Bal <Hebrew> He does the avirah he's bo'el, a karufa, and then he frees korban. He separated out of Korban. <speaking in Hebrew>. What's gonna happen there? Vamar and what's he gonna say? Listen guys. <speaking in Hebrew> You know what? I, I, I don't want to have to bring a second korban. Just hang on to this one for a couple of minutes, and I'm going to do another avira. At least I'll be covered by this one. Why bring two? At least we can cover this one. So how could that be? Rabbi Mnuna is challenging him and saying, but the way you're suggesting now, that yidia has no impact, that sounds like you could just hang you can keep the korban around, and do as many avirot, and then cover it all with this one korban. So, chakhanami de'inu chayav Gonna say there that he's not chayav one? A response to... Wait a minute. I didn't say what you just said. You said something different. We saw this yesterday, that there's a different ways to get to a yidiah ben can be simple knowledge. You can be that I know I'm in the Korban. Yidiah can be that I was mafrish the Korban and I had brought the Korban, I had come around. You just did said something or you extrapolated a statement that I made to another case. Which is my case is simply a dia. He knows that he did something wrong. He was not yet mafrisha korban. In that instance, I said that you can't, you can bring one korban on all the avirot. But I did not say, and what you're trying to suggest is, that even if I knew about it and I was mafrisha korban, that that wouldn't be enough to separate over here. That is not true. Because ma said, la lo ka When there's a, if you do a bila after you've already been mafrisha korban, that I did not agree to. That I did not say. I only said it about plain Yediyah. I did not say it about Yediyah or the Achara after you've already separated the Korban. Then already, even Rabbi Tarfon, who says that yidiah does not impact by Shifcharufa, will agree that if you're Mafrish the Korban, already you've terminated that. Avera or the ability to cover that of here with this Korban, and anything you do afterwards will have to come under another Korban, or start another Korban, in order to rectify that situation. Yes, so Tosafot, we're going to see in a second, the Gemara is going to bring in Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan, that's why this is brought here, we're going to bring in their Macholket in a second, Tosafot over here says, don't conclude, don't conclude that, well we had the question yesterday which is where is the machok between Reish Lachish and Rabbi so here it sounds like Lachar Afrasha everybody agrees that that's considered to be a Yediyah sake a separation it says don't conclude about yesterday's daf. well then now we know where Reish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan argue they argue just in Yediyah they don't argue in Afrasha because that's basically what the Gemara is suggesting here don't conclude that because as Tosfat says you could say Imtim Salomar the Gemara is saying it has an Im Salomar Right, it's not saying it as a conclusive statement. To then we can bring conclusion to yesterday's doc, because the Gemara doesn't do that, and it should have done that. It does. what suggests that it's not correct. Exactly. They didn't bring it as a proof. Correct right? it means that it's not conclusive. They're suggesting if you think or if you learn it or this way, hold, right? If you think the Rish and Rish only argue in Yedia and not Yedia Karva Rasha, then this would be the way that it lays out. All right. Then Kiater of Dimi Amar the Manda Amar Hashem Vaday According to the one who says that Hashem V'tai requires Yidiyah beforehand, that is Rabbi Akiva, right? Rabbi Akiva says that in order to bring an Hashem, you must know that you violated, you've done an averah. So according to him, We have the opposite conclusion, which is, that if you had five Be'ilot in a ship you have to bring a Korban in each one of them. Assuming you had a Yidiyah ben Taim, you had a ben each one of them, Yidiyah is enough to generate a separate Chiyuv Korban. Because you know how to bring the korban until you have yediyah, so the diyah generates the korban over here. Now Rashi believes, and so does the, one of the one of the deot and Tosavot, believes that this is there's no vachloket here. Ula and Rav Dimi are basically giving you two sides of the same coin. One of them is presenting it to you from the position or the perspective of Rabbi Tarfon, of the person who says you don't love by yidiyah, and the other one is presenting it from the perspective of the one who says you do require yediyah and that is Rabbi Kiva's position not that they are arguing they are simply presenting you the information from two different perspectives Tosfot as it brings the Re who thinks that this is a Machloket based on the way they explain the Gemara they think that Rabdimi is actually arguing on Ula. again we are going to read it like Rashi in the second day on Tosfot that there is no argument here so now <speaking in Hebrew> Wait a minute, we require Yudiyah in order to bring a khatat. The same din as for Rabbi Kiva, Khatat and Hashem have the same din, which is you have to know that you did a violation, know that you sinned in order to bring the Korban. Yet over there, Nevertheless, Rabbi Yochanem and Shlokish argue about whether it's considered enough, Yudiyah is enough to separate between the Korbanot. So now, again, here, the Gemara is equating two things that are not as similar. And this, this is where that, what I just read to you in Tosafot, Rashi actually brings it over here. How can you compare the cases? Over there by the Chatat, the idea happened all afterwards. He had, he, he took his 8 of Chalif. Then afterwards, he remembers one, and then he remembers the next. Over there, Rabbi and argued about whether you bring one Korban or two Korbanot. Over here, you're making a suggestion that he has the idea between each Masseh of Iran. So again, you have to say the same thing that we said before, which is that this case is different. Shif HaRufa, the case is, because you bring it by Mezid, and shogeg doesn't really matter over here. The Yidiyah between the avirot is the equivalent of the Yidiyah after the avirot by the Khatat. So I'm just pointing out again, because Rashi makes this statement over here, even though Toswan mentions it before, but this difference between, we're comparing almost the like apples and oranges, because we're talking about a khatat, where all the idiot were afterwards, and a Shemot, where the idiot we're saying, are between each Masa'i Averah. Nevertheless, you're gonna have the same din. And what the Gemara asks over here, or as Bai is really asking Rav Dimi, I don't understand. Bai when you had the Yudhiyot afterwards, we had a Machloket, Rav and whether Yudia separates to make you into Chayab multiple carbonate or not. You're making a suggestion here that Dibriyakol, everybody says that Yudhiyah separates between the carbonate. What happened to their Machloket? What happened to the Machloket, Rav Yochan and Reish Lokish? Ishtik. He didn't have an answer so a proposes to them, Dilma, Maybe when you made your statement, you were talking about a case where not only did he have a Yediyah, he was also mafrish e Korban, like Hamnuna suggested before. in, that's right. That's exactly where I heard this. Now he reminded him, he triggered in his memory, oh yeah, this is what we were speaking about. And that's why it's not re- relevant to Rabbi Yochanan Reh Shlakesh, because here it's not even a case where not only do you have a Yediyah, but he's always so Mafri korban. And when you're mafresh korban, then Divriyakol, that's considered enough of a separation to make you chayab independently on each korban. Again, here you can make the same statement. That should help us to conclude yesterday's Gemara. Where do Rabbi Yochanan Reh argue? It's clear from the way the Gemara is concluding here, that's only be Yediyah, but Yediyah Vaf divri Divriyakol, that, that is not considered, that is considered to be michalaik, even according to H. Lakish. So this, again, Toswot says that don't draw that conclusion, because you could say imtim salomar. It's not a conclusion of the Gemara. It's just saying, if you follow this position or follow this train of thought, this is how it would come out. This is how it would turn out. So now we have the statement of Ula, we have the statement of Rabdimi, now we have a third statement, came. Rabin. When Rabin came. Everybody agrees by Shiv Everybody agrees by Shiv And then we have a Machloket by Shiv Three different cases. The Gemara will explain each one of them. Everybody agrees in a case of Shiv that you only have one. That's the case of Ula. Every Both Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish will agree... In a case where you hold a Rabbi Tarfon's position, Rabbi Tarfon says you don't require yediyah b'tchila. You don't require yediyah beforehand in order to be chayav a korban. That yediyah becomes meaningless according to Rabbi Tarfon, and therefore even Rabbi Yochanan will agree there that yediyah makes no difference, and you only bring one korban for multiple violations of Shibharufa, even though you had yediyot between each masay avirah. Everybody agrees by Sheva that you're going to bring a separate korban for each isur when you have a din like Rav Amnuna. Rav Amnuna says that you have Yediyah and So even R. Lokish in that case will agree to basically the statement of Rav Dimi modified or qualified by Rav Amnuna which is that if you believe that Yediyah makes a difference by Sheva the position of Rabbi Akiva, and you did, between each Masseh Avira, you had a Yadiyah plus a Hafrasha. Then you bring a separate Korban on each Masseh avirah. Even Rech Lakish will agree there, that you bring only one, you bring one Korban for each Masseh avirah. You can't bring one Korban to cover them all. So that's basically the statement of Ula and the statement of Rabdimi. Now, where is the Machlok between Rabbi Yochanan and Rech Lakish? That'll be a case where it's basically the case where Abaye challenged Rav Dimi's statement, which is a case according to Rabbi Kivo who says you need Yedia by Hashem. Yedia makes a difference by Hashem. A case where you only had Yedia but not Hafrusha. So that's what Abaye asked. Didn't we have a Machloket Rabbi Yochanan by Chatat in that case? And the answer is, yes, that is where Rabbi Yochan and Reshlakish argue. Where do they not argue? That's Akhar HaFrasha. If you have Diyah, Feh Frasha, then they, everybody agrees that's a separation between Mis, Masay, Avirah. But if you have only Yudia, just Yudia, according to Rabbi Q, it says that Yudia makes a difference by Shiva then Yudia, Masay, Avirah, Yudia, Masay, Avirah, Yudia, does that make it one Korban or multiple Korban? No, that's Rabbi Yochan and Reshlakish. Lakish. says, no, Yediyah is not enough to separate, and therefore, you bring a single korban on all of them. Rezor B'Yohanan says that a Yediyah is enough to separate the Masay and therefore you'll bring a separate korban on each one of them. So we've basically now moved through the spectrum of the different opinions by Shiva Charufa. We've taken what we knew about Khatat, Machoket B'Yohanan Ishlakish, and now we've tried to bring it over to the world of Asham Asham Badai. And the Gemara says, well, you have to look at Hashem there are three different manifestations of Hashem Bada'i. It's a case where, according to a Taraphone, Yediyah makes no difference. In a case where Yediyah makes no difference, Rabbi Yochan and Rishvakesh are not shayach, they're not relevant anymore. Because their whole machloket revolves around when Yediyah makes a difference. When you don't have Yediyah, doesn't make a difference, then everybody agrees that you bring one korban. Because Yediyah is not relevant. If Yediyah is not relevant, you bring one korban from multiple ma'aseah they wrote. That's one. Number two is, if you have yidya ve'ha Fresha, you have knowledge plus Shemafish the Korban, that's also not the world of Rabbi by Khatat, at least according to one position yesterday, because everybody agrees there that that's a separation. That's already enough of an action to separate between each of Iran. So Sham, the same thing will be true according to the one who thinks that yidya makes a difference. Then, that yidya is enough to separate. Their makoloket will arise... Where Yiddiyah makes a difference by Hashem. And that's all you have is Yiddiyah. Just like by Chatat, Yiddiyah is where they have a machloket. So to go they have a machloket by Yiddiyah. Just, as we mentioned before, the Yiddiyah by Chatat and the Yudiah by Hashem are different. Yiddiyah by Chatat is always after all the Masaya Veirot. If you have Yiddiyah between each Masaya Veira by Chatat, it's automatically a separate Helem, and you can't bring one Korban for it. It has to be a case where you did all the Masaya Veirot in one Helem, and then you have the idiot afterwards, that's where the Mecholket... The equivalent in Sheva is even when you have the idiot between each Maseh avira, because Sheva is different. You're even al Mazid, not only bishogeg. So Yediyah, Helem, is not relevant by hasham. So there, which we had Rabbi Yochan Reish argument by Khatat that afterwards the Idiot, or whether they're Mecholkot or not, after the fact, by Sheva according to Rabbi Kiva, where Yediyah makes the difference by Yasham, their machlokah will be in a case where you have yediyah between each maseh which is the equivalent to what it is by khatat and then you'll say Rabbi Yochan will say you're multiple korbanot. Rish Lakish will say one korban will cover all of that. So basically, they took the position by khatat or machlokah Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish Khatat, and then they superimposed it on a But a has its own unique properties, so because of that, it comes out that you have nuances within a sham. You have someone who says the yediyah doesn't make a difference at all out of the picture. Somebody said, Yediyah plus a up, out of the picture. The only thing that makes a difference when you have Yediyah by Hashem, where Yediyah makes a difference. And that's when Yediyah is between each Maseh There we have the Machloket Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Okay, now we move on to a new topic, new Sugiyah. Itmar, Machloket amuraim with regards to Nitkavein, Lagbi'at Atalush, Vechatach et Patur. Someone who intended to lift up something that was detached and ended up cutting something that was attached, right? then patur. Everybody agrees that that person is patur with regards to Shabbat. On the other hand, okay, we'll see, if he intended to cut something that was severed, and instead he cut something that was attached, then you have a machloket. Rabah amar patur, Abayah amar chayav. Rav says your patur in that case, Abayah says your chayav. Rav my patur, why does Rav say your patur? It's a failure in what we call melechet machshevet. In Shabbat, there is a requirement that when you do melechah on Shabbat, it has to be melechet machshevet. Melechet machshevet means that your action has to be what you wanted, plus the objective of your action has to be carried out. That you have to, in a sense, Accomplish with your action exactly what you intended to do. So over here, you intended to cut something that was talush. In the end, you cut something that was mechubar. Your action or your intention was not carried out since that's the case by Shabbat. your patur because the Torah requires mechlechet machshevet. On the other hand, Abay says chayav ta'ake mechave in He wanted to cut and he cut. So the question about mechlechet machshevet is how how far does that reach when you have the intention? Right. Is it simply that you have to cover the action? The action you wanted to do happened. Right. The malacha or the action that you wanted to do happened. You cut. You wanted to cut and you cut. That's enough according to Abai. Raba says, no, not only do you have to cut, but even the object has to be the intended recipient of your action has to be this, uh, that object has to be what it's carried out on. If you intend for a specific object and it turns out to be a different object, no go. You're patur, because that's not Melachim Makshavit. So Robert believes that Melachim doesn't only cover the action, it also covers the object that will be receiving the action. And so you have to have both of them in line. You have to have intention for the action and intention for the object upon which the action is carried out. Ibaiyah says that the only thing that matters about Melachim Makshavit is the action itself. If you intend to cut, cutting is enough. Even if you cut the wrong object, it's an object, you did the malacha. Malacha is to cut. And you cut. So therefore, you're gonna be chayav. Rubba says, the malacha is not only cutting, but it's cutting that specific object. And therefore, if you fail to cut that object, you're a failure in malachet makshev on Shabbat. So that would be the difference between Rubba and Abaye's position over here. because he wanted to cut. Now, the first case here, that first case, what exactly is the case? This is a Machloket, Rashi and Tosafot, in numerous places in Shas. It's over here. It's in the Gemara in Shavuot. It's also in the Gemara in Kretot. The Yutet. it's in Yutet in both of those places, Shavuot and Kretot, that Rashi and Tosafot argue about exactly what this case is. You can see here, Rashi says the case is a case where your knife fell into a vegetable patch. He you dropped your knife in a vegetable patch. You go in there, And you want to lift it up. You want to lift the knife out of the vegetable patch. That's what you intended to do. To lift the knife out of the vegetable patch. And on your way out, what do you do? You end up cutting one of the cucumbers attached to the vine. So here you intended to pick it up. And not only did you intend to pick it up, you intended to pick it up and do nothing else besides that. You had no other intentions. You just wanted to pick up the knife. In the end, you end up doing, number one, cutting which is uh, not the act you want to lift, you end up cutting. And not only, according to Rashi, did you lift a knife and had nothing to do with the vegetables, you end up cutting a vegetable that had nothing to do with what you intended originally. So you're missing both aspects, according to Rashi. You're missing the aspect of the Masa. Your action is not the action you intended for. You intended to lift, instead you cut. And the object is also problematic. You intended to lift the knife, instead you cut a vegetable. So that's also, you're missing all those aspects... That's according to Rashi, a case where you're considered to be mitasik. It's nothing to do with your intended a- consequence or action and your patur according to everybody, both according to Rova and Abayin. And over there you are patur because it says asher chataba. And in Kritot it says that it's praat mitasik v'davr acher daverze. When you are meddling around, playing around with something else, and then all of a sudden you end up with a different action that is not a chait. That is not something that you bring a korban for. On the other hand, shogeg. What's the case of shogeg where you bring a chatat? That's where you intend to do something. You just didn't know today was Shabbat. You didn't know this action was a asur. You have complete intention for what you're doing. You just don't realize what you're doing is problematic. That's the case of shogeg. Nitasik is a case where you're involved in one thing and it turns out in the end you do something totally unrelated to what you were intending to do or what you were a in. So that's Rashi's interpretation. On the other hand, the Rabbeinu Tam, who does not, he brings a number of questions on Rashi's position. He brings a Gemara, which is one of the most important things, which is the Gemara says that if you intend to pick a fig, a white this white fig, and you pick the other white fig, that's called your patur for that on Shabbat. You don't have to bring a korban for that because your intention was not carried out. You picked the wrong taina. So the Totspot says that according to Rashi, that doesn't seem to be the case over here. According to Rashi, if you intended for the object, in the end you would be chayav. Because based on what Rashi says, if you wanted to intend, if you intended to cut this attached object, and you cut another attached object, according to Rashi, be chayav. Because Rashi requires you to have two problems here. One is that you're a souk in a different action, you're lifting instead of cutting, and the object which you affect was not what you intended. That means that if you were intending to cut, your action was the same. You intended to cut this attached object, and you cut that attached object, according to Rashi, you'd be chayav. Because you did the action that you had intended. You just carried it out on a different object. But you did the action you intended, you'd be chayav. And Rabbein Utam does not like that. Therefore, the Rabbeinu Tam explains this case as, The talush shehu mechubar. So here, this person was a case where he wanted to cut the talush, but then he figures out it's mechubar. But he does cut what he intended to cut over here. So now, according to Rashi, the case here is, when he cut something that was talush, and he then severed something that was mechubar, according to Rashi, you cut something that was, you intended to cut something severed, then you cut something that's attached. They're two different objects. It's not the same object over here. It's a different object. You intended to cut this eggplant that was on the floor. Instead, you cut the eggplant that was attached to the vine. So that's, according to Rashi, what happened. According to the Rebainu Tom, the case is that you intended to cut this eggplant that you thought was detached. And then you figured out that it was Attached. So you cut the intended eggplant. The intended object is what you cut. The problem is that you thought it was talush, and instead it ended up being mechubar. So that's a big difference between Rashi and Tosafot. Tosafot believes over here, the fact that your intended object is the same, is not a problem. As long as you thought it was talush, and you did it to mechubar, you're still patur for that. Rashi says, in that case, you're going to be chayaf. Because your intended action was carried out. You intended to cut. You intended to cut this object. You just happened not to know that it was mechubar. You thought it was talush. That is a case of shogay. That's not a case of mitasek. According to Rabbi Nuttan, that's still a case of mitasek. Now what's interesting is, and the Gemara is going to deal with this a little bit, is that mitasek applies to kolatura kula. It's not just a din in Shabbat. It's a din in kolatura grab. Plus, by Shabbat, you also have an issue of melechit Machshevet laid on top of it. So it actually turns out that whatever is mitasek in kolatura kula, is also mitasek Shabbat. But on top of that, Shabbat has additional items that we consider mitasek because of melechet machshevet. Because of melechet machshevet, Shabbat will have a higher threshold to be chayah b'shugek because you not only cannot be mitasek, you also have to carry out your intended result. And that's what Totsufot is basically saying over here. This is a case by only works by Shabbat. But like a case by Shabbat where you went into the patch and you cut the eggplant... And you thought that eggplant was detached. You end up cutting that eggplant, and it turns out to be attached. By Shabbat, you're going to be patur, but only by Shabbat will you be patur because that's Melechid Machshevet. Anywhere else in the Torah has a similar situation taken place, you would be chayav because over there Melechid Machshevet doesn't impact, and that's not called mitasek because you intended to cut and you cut. It happens to be that you cut the object you thought you were cutting. Turns out to be attached instead of detached. By Kol Torah Gula, that doesn't matter. Because Melech it's not impactful, Kol Torah Gula. This is a unique din by Shabbat. And that's part of why the Rabbeinu Tam argues on Rashi and says that Rashi is now, is almost bringing over categories from other places in the Torah into Shabbat. And not recognizing that Shabbat has a separate category of Mitasik. And therefore, the Rabbeinu Tam says, I say, even in this case, where the intended object is the same, and you're caught thinking it was mechubar, it turns out to be, I mean, talush, and it turns out to be mechubar, you're still gonna be patur in that case, because of melechid makshevet. Nowhere else in the Torah would that work, only on Shabbat will that be a But he brings, he extends metasek in Shabbat to include more cases because Shabbat has this additional din of melechid makshevet. So he said, as opposed to, again, everywhere else in the Torah, Toswod would agree to Rashi that the case has to be a case where the intended object is also different. Not only did you intend to cut something that was mechub, tamush, and it was turned out to be mechubar, but the object must be different as well, in order to be considered mitasek it Torah Kula. So he doesn't disagree with them necessarily in mitasek, Torah turakula, he disagrees here in Shabbat that Shabbat has an additional aspect of mitasek because of melechad machshebet. So now the Gemara says, Rabbi wants to tell you where can I show you the Tanya? Chomer Shabbat Mishar Mitzvot. V'chomer b'shar mitzvot There's a stringency by Shabbat as compared to other mitzvot, and a stringency by other mitzvot compared to Shabbat. Khomer Shabbat b'shar mitzvot shabbat asashtayim be'al Shabbat, if you do two actions in one, forgetting chayav kol ha'chavachat you're each one of them. Ma she'inkein b'shar mitzvot. That's not true by other mitzvot. V'chomer b'shar mitzvot There's a stringency by other mitzvot b'shabbat. B'shar mitzvot shagag v'lo mitkavein. If you did an unintentional shogeg, chayav. Ma she'inkein b'shabbat. That's not true by Shabbat, and that's what we just spoke about. The difference between Shabbat and Sharmitzvot is that unintentional by Shabbat, because of Melech Shabbat, will have additional turim. Now the Gemara is going to explain these statements. I didn't explain them now because the Gemara is going to take them apart. Amar Amr. Chomer Shabbat Mishar Mitzvot. Shabbat has a stringency over other mitzvot. Shabbat a sashtaim vele mechat. Chayav vachat. Mitzvot. When you do two and one forgetting, your are chayav on each one of them, which is not true by other mitzvot. domi. Please explain to me what this case is. That he did two different Avot Melachot and Shabbat. Therefore, if you violate two Avot Melachot and Shabbat, you're Chayav al Kolachat Ve'achat, a separate Korban. That is what we call Shigigat Melachot, what we've discussed until now. So let's, what's the comparable case by other mitzvot? Achal Chayla Vidam. He ate Chayla Vidam. Two separate Isurim. Haachatarte Michayev, Vahachatarte you have two korbanot in both those cases. If you, we saw this yesterday's that if you eat chilev and dam, you can't bring one korban to cover both of them. You have to bring a separate korban, a separate isurim. You have to bring a separate korban. So how can you say that Shabbat is more stringent than Sharmitzvot? They turn out to have the exact same din. You do two avot You bring two carbonot. You do two masseh avirot outside of Shabbat. You also have to bring two carbonot. Sharmit's so vote, d'lom achayev, Let's say, oh, what's the case by Sharmit's vote when you only have one? Tacha chayev, v'chayev. He ate two pieces of chayev. Tuk zeitim of chayev, ve'chele ma'chat, chaye achayelet brass, eats two chayev, pieces of chayev, he brings one korban chatat. De kavatagare Shabbat, what's the equivalent case by Shabbat? D'alvi ktsira, uktsira. He does the melach of ktsira, and then he does the of ktsira again. We saw yesterday, if you do, tuk tzirot one korban will cover both of those k'zirot. Halcha b'chadah me'chayif, halcha chadah In both those cases, one korban will cover both of them. The same requirements that you have by Chelev, that it be behelah me'chad, there'll be no yidiah ben Taim. All those that make it of one korban, the same is true by Shabbat. If you have helah me'chad, no yidiah ben tayim, you're going to bring a single korban for both of them. So how do you have I I don't see the difference that you're pointing out between Shabbat and the vote. Turns out that you have the same din in all places. If you bring two, you bring two in both places. You bring one, you bring one in both cases. So, what exactly is this case? So, the Umar says Olam The case is here where you did two separate avot milachot. Umay Mashen came b'shar mitzvot. B'shar mitzvot refers to avodah uk The Rabbi Yami, position by Avot zarah is Tam Rabbi Ami ziveach pikiter v'niseich b'alama achat in there are four avodot, when they're done towards avodah that a person is chayav for, chayav for, that is, zibeach, kiter and Hishtachavaya, that's the one that's not mentioned here, is bowing down. Rabbi Ami believes that the source for zibeach, kiter v'niseach is singular, and therefore, even if you violate all these different ways, a person is zibeach, he shech, something avodah zara, kiter, or, and he puts on the mizbeach, kiter, he brings a ketoret. He brings incense to avodah zarah, niseich. He does a libation to avodah zarah. Any one of these violations, if they're done together, be'al Echad, they all are chayav only once, not multiple times, because they derive from the same source. So that'll be the difference. By Shabbat, when you do multiple avot like tzara and there you're going to be chayav achatat on each one of them. But by avodah zarah, if a person does and one forgetting zveiach kiter and then he's only going to bring one korban chatat. So now Gemara says, B'ay mayu kimta, So now you're suggesting to us that the Brayta, when it says that Shabbat, or it's drawing a contrast between Shabbat and mitzvot, we're really drawing a contrast between Shabbat and Avodah Zarah. Now please explain to me the Seifa based on that. The Seifa is the case where mitzvot, there's a Chomer by other mitzvot over Shabbat, a stringency in other mitzvot over Shabbat. And the person's a Shogay unintentionally that's not true by Shabbat. Please explain to me the case where a president is Shulgei, he forgets some din, and unintentionally worships Avodah Zarah. If you say the case is, He thinks that this is a shul, and he bows down to it. So that's a case where he makes a mistake, there's a judgment mistake, but it's also unintentional, because he doesn't intend to bow to Avodah Zarah, he's intending to bow to the shul. Over there, Then His heart is to heaven. That's not called the Zerah. You won't even have to bring a khatat for that. The same din that you have by Shabbat. That you won't have to bring a khatad In the case of Shagag below Mitkave. Ella, what's the case? The Chazi Andarta. You see it's an Andarta. An Andarta today is used as a monument. And there day, an Andarta was a monument to the king. It's a monument to the king. And they bow down to it. So that, what's the case? What's the case here where he bows down to this monument? If he accepts it as a god, he bows down to this monument as a god, then meziru. That's called intentional. Forget about unintentional. This is a person who is intending to worship a He's not going to bring any qurban. If he doesn't accept it as a god, lav That's nothing. You're allowed to bow down to an indarta You're allowed to pay respect to the king and pay, bow to the monument out of Kavod, not to worship Avodah Zarah. That is not a problem. That's not worshipping a. Zarah. It's not called worshipping Avodah Zarah. Ela, Mi'ahava, Mi This is a very difficult sugya. It's a sugya that's really found in Sanhedrin. We'll talk about it a little bit here, but it's unbelievable. It's a case where a person bows down, either Mi'ahavat or iratadam. Because he loves somebody, or because he's a fear of someone, he bows down because of their either imposition, they're basically threatening him, and out of fear for this individual, they bow down. Or, because they're so close with this individual, and they love this individual, they bow down for them. They're not bowing down necessarily to worship a bodhisattva, they're bowing down because of the duress that is being placed on them. Whether the duress is the emotion of love, or fear, that duress is causing them to bow down. So, Gemara says, Anikal Abaye, that works well according to Abaye. So, Machloka, the Abaye, and Rav, and the Gemara and Sanhedrin. Abaye says, the Chayav. In that case, you're Chayav. If you worship out of Zara out of Av and Yira, you're Chayav. Elodorobo, Patur. Rav there says, if you worship out of Azara, Me Av or Yira, Patur. Then what are you going to say over here? It's an unbelievable sheet of Ravah. Ravah says that if you worship out of Zara out of fear, out of love for someone else, then you are not Chayav. You're Patur. Tolos of raises the question which is, we're gonna, I'll raise it on two levels. One is Purim. Mordecai refuses to bow down to Haman. So there you can give other answers about why he didn't bow down to Haman based on Yushalmi, that there are other reasons. But if the issue was the fear of Haman, people were fearful of Haman, therefore they bowed down to him. That's bowing him down out of Yira. Why did Mordechai not bow down? Roba says you can bow down out of fear, and that's not a problem. That's number one. Number two is we have a din in the Gemara and Sanhedrin. Three cardinal sins that require Yihareg valya for. that you must give up your life and not worship of what is Please explain to me that case. What's the case where a person must give up their life and not worship of what is rah? That's when someone comes to them and says, Either you bow down to this or I'm gonna kill you. So when he says that's Yira that's exactly yira, the case. Yira. Right, that's exactly there's no better Yira than that, and yet you're demanded to give up your life. So how can you have a position here of rova that says you're patur when it's out of fear? So Tosafot says over here something that is also a machlok at He says you're right. Ain Khanami. What you should have done was give up your life when you had been given the choice between I'm going to kill you or when the person says you, I'm going to kill you or you worship What you should have done is give up your life and not worship the Zerah. What happens if? You didn't do that, and you worship the Avodah Zerah, you bow down. On that, Rava says, Pator. Betin can't bring you to trial for that. Betin will not execute you on that, because you are patur. You're not culpable for such an action. Now if that happens to be a makhluket, whether when you have a case of Yehariyeh V'al when you're supposed to give up your life and you don't, and you go ahead and do the Averah, whether you're culpable or not. Most people say you're Patur because it's onus. And they, you're under duress. And it's not considered to be intentional. The other way around is also a question. What happens if you don't have to give up your life, and you choose to give up your life? In cases like that, that's also Machlogat Bishonim, which is in that case, the rabbi believes, you're giving up your life when you're not supposed to. Right. Well, he gave up his life. No. Oh, I mean, yes, he gave up his life. Yeah, but mitraye ben asho means that you basically committed suicide. The person should not have given up their life, and you're culpable for doing that. You're going to be held responsible for giving up your life. Whereas other rishonim, no, that that's kiddush Hashem. You're not required, not obligated to do kiddush Hashem in that case. But if you do it, it's still classified as a kiddush Hashem. So that is a machloket rishonim about in these cases where whether you can volunteer to give up your life, or you don't have to, or do you not have to again by a zarah, where you do you have to give up your life when, uh, when, you battle, when you're when ch- they given this choice? Do you have to give up your life? And what happens if you don't give up your life? So these are makhluketar rishonim, but what solves the problem of the steer between Rova and Yaira right Yavor by saying that one is what you should have done, what's what's the result if you don't? Listen to it. Now the Gemara says, according to Rova, how are you going to explain the case? So he says, "Oh, we'll take a case about Omer Muttar. It's a case where he thinks it's okay. Omer Muttar, he says, this is fine to do. So now, Shabbat if you say Umr Mutar, that is Patur so the Gemara So now says, wait a minute. He wasn't sure when you were in this case, when you helam Zeb you got it was Shabbat, and you forgot these Malachotwatsu wrote, his only question was, are you have one Korban Khatat or two korbanot chatat? Do so you bring one Korban Chattah because it covers both the forgetting of Shabbat and the forgetting of the Melacha? Or you have to bring separate Korbanot because Melachot are separate from the forgetting of Shabbat? You have to bring one Korban for forgetting Shabbat and one Korban for the Melachot that you do. But his question was not to be Patur. He only said, listen, either you bring one or two. Aval Mifazri the Gamre, look, he never intended to say that you be Patur the Gamre. Now over here, you're suggesting by Omer mutar by other mitzvot, you would have to bring a, that you would be uh, chayav, to bring a Korban, because that's, cho- that's a Chomer. Whereas by Shabbat, you'd be Patur V'Gamre. El alav. so that can't work. We can't fit a Zarah into the latter half of that B'Rita. El Av Shabbakum, V'sefer B'shar Mitzvot. What we're going to have to explain is that the first statement in the B'Rita was referencing a Zarah. The second statement in the B'Rita was referring to all other Mitzvot. So the first part of the B'Rita we'll explain based on Rabbi Yami, which is Shabbat, where you have separate Malachot, then you bring separate korbanot for each milacha. Whereas, by Avodah Zarah, according to Rabbi Ami, when you have ziveach, kiter, and niseich, you're only going to bring one korban for all of those violations. So that's the Chomer Bishabat. The other way around, where we say that the other mitzvot are more chamur than this mitzvah, that's not talking about Avodah Zarah, that's talking about the shar mitzvot. He the savar, the he thought it was mutter fat and he ate it. That's a case of where he cut the talush and instead cut the mechubar. So here's the case by other cases of the Torah where you're not allowed to eat chalev. So he thinks that it's shuman, he thinks it's mutter fat. And then he goes in and eats it and turns out to be chalev. There he is, chayav, to bring a chatat. He made a mistake, bad judgment, and now he's chayav a khatat by Shabbat in that similar case what's the equivalent case in Shabbat where he intended to cut an object that was talush and instead it turns out to be mechubar it turns out to be attached over there Rabba says you are patur and that's the difference and this is Ravva's proof to his position it took a long time to get there but this is Ravva's proof to the position that when you are talush vechatate you are patur According to Rashi, that means that you intended for this talush, and ended up cutting off something else, mechubar. According to Tzavot, the Tam means that you intended to cut this object that you thought was talush, and you end up cutting it when it is mechubar. Again, Rebbeinu Tam, one of his proofs is exactly this. The case, to be equivalent to the case of Shuman, is that the same object. You thought it was fat that was mutar, instead it turned out to be chilev. You didn't eat another piece of fat. You ate that piece of fat, and it turns out to be chilev. So the equivalent by Shabbat would be that the object that you cut... Turned out not to be Talush, but Mechubar. That's one of Rabbeinu proofs. proofs. So that's what the Gemara is speaking about here. According to Rashi over here, who says that the intended object is also different, then why is there a difference between the Din in other mitzvot and the Din over here? And that's because of a principle of Shekein Shekenene is brought by the issues of Ariot and Chalavim, which is that there is no such thing as asik. By because he gets benefit, he gets pleasure from it. When he eats, he gets a benefit. You can't say that in an object when you're actually deriving direct benefit from it. That's not true by Shabbat. Even if he gets benefit from what he's doing, if that wasn't his intended outcome, nevertheless he'll be patur. So whereas Tosafot explains the difference between Shabbat and Shahr mitzvot as being the difference between whether the intended object is brought about or not, when you have, by Shabbat, the intended object, even though it turns out to be the object that you cut, but you intended it to be something different, that's enough to make you patur by Shabbat, because of the which is not true by other mitzvot. By other mitzvot, you need the intended object to change in order for you to be patur. That's the difference between shah mitzvot and the mitzvah of Shabbat. According to Rashi, the difference is, shekenene, case where, even though the intended object was different, you intended to cut something that was Talush, and you cut something else that was mechubar, over there, even if you get the benefit, even though you wanted to cut it, and now you have a benefit from cutting it, nevertheless, you are patur by Shabbat. That will not be true by chalavim v'arayot. By chalavim, where you intended to eat this piece of shuman, and you ate this other piece of chilev, there, even though the object changed, because she came because you get benefit from that achila, that is considered to be problematic. And you'll have to bring a korban to rectify that. So that works well according to Rovah. What's Abaye going to do? That is a problem for Abaye. Abaye, shogag No, 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 no. You got it wrong. What's this case of shogeg without intention? To roku He thought it was spit. He thought it was saliva. And he swallowed it. not Abayi changes the case over there to be a totally different case. He says, listen, the case over there by the fat is a case where he didn't think it was shuman, and he intended to eat shuman, which is mutter fat, and ends up eating chilev, which is asur fat. He looked and he saw saliva, and he put the saliva in his mouth. That's not called eating. He wasn't even intending to eat. You put saliva in your mouth, that's not called eating. That's called bolaya, swallowing. Whatever you want to call it, it's not eating. So now, you're two steps removed. Again, like we had before. Number one is, you intended to be boleah, and you intended to be bolaya, something that was mutar. Instead, it turns out to be something where you ate achilah, because it really was chilev. And not only did you eat, you ate something that was asur, because it was caliph. So the object is different, and the action is different. That's equivalent to the case of Nitkavnak Case where the knife is in the vegetable patch, and you intend to pick it up, and on your way picking it up, you slice off the cucumber on the vine. So that's where you have both the masa, the action is different than when you intended, and the object is different. That's where other mitzvot, Torah will be chayav, and Shabbat will be patur. But, in a case where you intend to eat, and you just got the wrong object, there, Abai is your chayav. And that will be the case here as well as khayyaf He'll explain that brighta differently in order not to be a stira for himself. He'll explain the brighta. Yeah, you're right. If he intended to eat Shuman and he ends up eating Chayaf, khayyaf Because you did Achila. Achila is what you intended for. That's enough. Again, remember how we explained the Bayi versus rabba. Rabba says you need both in place. You need the action to be in place plus the object of your action has to be the same. If you're missing one of those, Pator. Aba'i says the only thing you need is the action to be in place. If the action is the same action you intended for, even if the object is different, you are chayav. So therefore, Abrabo explains the case where you're patur by Shabbat as being a case where the action's the same. You did achilah. In both instances, you just got the wrong object. By getting the wrong object, that you're patur by Shabbat, because that's malachim and you're patur. On the other hand, ba'i explains the case as being a case where you didn't even intend to eat. You didn't intend to eat, and then you ended up eating. Because he requires the mas'eh to change in order to be patur. Otherwise you're chayab. If you did achila, and you ended up with the wrong object, you did the mas'eh. You did the achila, just like by Shabbat. You did the chaticha. That's what you intended for. You got that. You got a chaticha. It happened to be the wrong object. That doesn't make a difference, and then you'll be chayab. So that'll be the difference in their opinions in different way they explain the Ebrite. Go okay, we'll stop over here. Right.